Welcome to the show. This is Hope Radio Podcast. Stories, profiles, and interviews of courage, triumph, and perseverance. My name is Sean Davis. Happen to be your humble host. Joining you, as always today, and co-hosted with my beautiful wife. Her name is... Just Jen. And you're along with us as we hawk some hope, as we originate some optimism, as we purvey some positivity. Is that a word, purvey? Um, Pay purveyors. You would know. Yeah, I'm not sure on that, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. Purvey positivity and engineer encouragement. Okay. Woo! Wow. That's some stuff. We do some stuff, and it all smells. Smells? Spells. Oh. Did I say smells? I thought you said smells. I might have said smells. I feel, sm- I'm feeling a little tongue-tied. Yeah. Well, mm. shoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it smells like maple syrup. Uh, I wonder why. But it spells hope. It does? Yeah. It smells like maple syrup, but it spells hope. I, 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 I'm getting confused. I know. I'm confused. It's easy to do if you're not inside my brain. Uh, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I've never been inside your brain. No. Nobody that'd, has. That'd just be an me. interesting journey. Just me. <laughs> just Jen. Isn't that fascinating to think about, actually? Like, you know, like your thoughts have only always been your thoughts right. like, throughout your whole life. It's mm-hmm. like something we don't even think about. Like, what we think about. Or, I don't know. I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm going into the dark side of water. <laughs> the dark side of water? Is it the back side of water? It's the back side. Oh. You're getting it all wrong today. I don't know what is happening, but I'm excited. I'm excited for our interview today. I'm excited to uh, yeah, talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you're excited to talk because that's what we're here for. <laughs> yes, this is true. All right. So um, I think it's time for a segue. I think it's time for funny time. Are you tired? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it just hit me a little bit. Like I was, like I was all spitfire and you know, like just excitement, and then like something. You worked out too much today. Maybe you rode the Peloton. You ran three point whatever miles on the trails, and you did chest exercises with Brayden. And I haven't had any food yet, so maybe I'm depleted. That that's all oh. on you know, like I'm doing that intermittent fasting. So maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm not. Yeah, well, maybe you I'm, should get yourself some food. <laughs> maybe I'm that, and I need to rise. Oh, I have a food joke. Okay, you do. Yeah, I'm ready. Like I'm excited. Maybe that that that's gonna okay. You know, Okay, it's going to make you think about food. Okay, you ready? I'm ready for your joke. Okay, what happens if nobody shows up to your birthday party? What happened? That's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. That'd be a sad day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a meltdown. That's what happens. You get to eat your cake. That's not right. <laughs> you get to... Hold on. What's that phrase called? You get to have your cake and eat it too. That, yeah, right? (laughs) The lead up to the joke was more funny than the joke was. Especially when you get lost in your own joke telling story. (laughs) I love that. I told you my brain was complicated. It is. Yeah. Yeah, like sometimes you, you know, like on my jokes, like it's you analyze five different ways to 
think about it in a half a second. But and that's not what happened with you today. No. And what I happened ho- with you today? I don't know, but I hope nobody shows up to my birthday party so I can have all the cake. Have you ever eaten a whole cake by yourself? No. I want to do that. No. What kind of cake would you eat? I don't know. I'd want one of the cakes that have like um, a quarter is a different flavor. Each quarter is a different flavor so I can eat like all different kinds. That'd be a good thing yeah. to eat. Yeah. I didn't know they made cakes that were all different flavors. Yeah. Really? Yes. How do they do that? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to eat it. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Uh, that was funny. Yeah. The prequel funny. to it was funny. <laughs> the actual, when I have to step in and tell your joke for you, when I didn't even know what the punchline was, then, you know. I made it up myself. That's why. And then I forgot because ADD. You know. So here's my joke. You ready? Yep. I told all my friends I was going to be a comedian mm-hmm. and they laughed. Well, they're not laughing now. (laughs) Why? They're not your friends anymore? No, I'm a comedian, but I'm not funny. That's why they're not laughing now. Oh. Jennifer. (laughs) I was like, what happened to your friends? Did we both start off a little slow today? No. Just maybe a little throttled back? No. Maybe a little half speed? Speak for yourself. All right. Well, hey. I've, I've got it today. We cannot be co-hosts of this Hope Radio podcast and not exude energy. So I'm going to exude energy. All right. You ready? Yeah. I've been waiting. Was that cool? Mm Mm-hmm. Did you like it? (laughs) Yeah. Was it impressive? It was very impressive. I just imagined you looking at myself. (laughs) I imagined you looking at myself? I imagined you looking at me. Okay. (laughs) In myself, in my head. Oh, I was looking at you. (laughs) This is a wild day. Yeah. All right, so I got to tell you about an interview we're going to do. Okay, let's 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 the, enough of the hilarity. Yes. All right, so I've got I've got somebody coming online. Mm-hmm. Her name is Cindy Montgenet. Ooh, that's a pretty name. I think I said it right. I felt like I said it right. It sounded pretty. She's she's from France. Okay. She's really she was born and raised in French Guyana. Oh. But she's actually lived all around the world. But mm-hmm. um, she is going to share a message. She's going to share a story about her life, about okay. her family. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, it's a story of hope and it's a story of faith. And I am super, super excited to have her on because uh, I think she's going to be riveting. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. Well, why don't we call her and get her on the line? Let's call her. All right. Here we go. All right, I've got Cindy Montgeny on the line. Welcome to the show, Cindy. How are you? Good. Thank you. Hi, Sean and Jen. Hello. Well, we're so Hello. happy to have you on the show. And by the way, we just we just have to say we love, love, love your accent. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. We, we love you. we love everyone with accents. Like I yeah think, yeah we always feel like we want an accent, but then everyone tells us we have an accent. So I, I don't know. <laughs> And on my side, I try to get rid of my accent, but <laughs> send it to me. I will take it. I will gladly take it from you. That'd be fun. Yeah. Like if you, if I called you up and you started talking to me like Cindy is right now, I'd be like, oh my gosh. It'd what be is- like you have a new wife. I know. Right? It'd be like a little bit, of, a little bit of the twilight zone there a little bit. It'd be like, oh, this is really, really cool. How long is this going to last for? Yeah. I think you should do that, Jennifer. Okay. I think you should endeavor to do that. You should endeavor to surprise me that way. Okay. I will. I'll practice. Do what, what would you prefer my accent? to be like Australian um, or yeah I like Australian accents yeah yes that's my Siri on my phone <laughs> anyway uh thank you so much Cindy and and uh welcome to the show and uh, you know I, I know we had a chance to talk 
before, but I was super, super excited to have you on. I shared with Jen our conversation, and I just think it's such a God story, just such a hope-filled, it's not a perfect story, obviously, but it's a God story, and I think that that's what's going to resonate with people. So um, thank you. Thank you for your time coming on the show today, and I thought maybe where we could begin is you just tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where do you live? Are you married? You know, what area of the country are you in, et cetera? And then we can jump into kind of your story of, of uh, hope. Good. So for the extent, I'm French, and I've been living in Miami now for the past 20 years. And before this, I had the opportunity also to live in Mexico, in Venezuela, in Sweden, and of course in, in France and in French Guiana. All my family, um, I was born and raised in French Guiana and did my uh, university in France in two cities called uh, Montpellier and Grenoble. And uh, then Sweden, Mexico, Venezuela, and Miami for the past 20 years is home. So where's, where's been your favorite place to live? Like you've lived in some awesome places, some very different places. What's been your favorite so far? It's been like super different. I really love Miami. It's been like uh, 20 years and I love the fact that uh, it's a multicultural city mm-hmm. where I can still meet uh, different um, nationalities and types of people and uh, and love like the spirit of, of the U.S. So so Miami is um, is great city, but really uh, I have something good in every city mm-hmm. I've been living in. Oh, yeah. and I think I think that has a lot to do with your attitude. And yeah. I think, you know, like if you're looking for the good, you'll find the good. Right. You know, I think yeah. that's the key. You got you got to be looking f- to embrace the culture, to embrace the differences, to exactly. to, to really uh, to kind of soak in the differences. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. So, you know, I know you were telling me a little bit about your story, but maybe we can uh, we can start with uh, that that backstory. So you're in a career, you're working for with HP, really successful so why don't we begin there? Yes. So it was exactly this. So I was like, uh, this moment, like really, I would say like on top of my career at the, at the time, running the largest uh, business unit for HP and for all IT Latin America, because we were like the, the biggest in market share. And, um, and my sister who was like my little sister, but she was not like so little. She was already like 30 years old and she was uh, married and with two kids and six years old and it was uh, was diagnosed with uh, with cancer she was uh, living in French Guiana where all my family uh, is there mom dad cousin uh, everybody and uh, and at this moment she was uh, pastoring a church with her husband but they were not full-time in ministry they were both working with two kids and um, so when she was diagnosed with cancer, because French Guiana is a lovely, lovely, lovely place, but it's not as well equipped, equipped in terms of medical staff and for all details. So she was uh, recommended to go to France so they could look at way for, for treatments. And, uh, and at this moment, we were like super close to family. And uh, and having like two kids, two and six at the time, uh, her husband was working and also he was leading a church. So he could not go to be with her and uh, through the treatment. And he's originally not from from French Guiana. He's from Congo in Africa. So my mom could not go and be with my sister and leave like my brother with a church and two kids and, and work in a country that is not his country. 
So for this event, uh, none of them could go to be with my sister. So I made the decision to take a leave of absence and to leave Miami and to go to France and to be with my with my sister. So um, a lot of people didn't understand this decision to like put everything on hold. But for me, it was clear like uh, we were like super, super close. And there was like no doubt in my mind it was the right decision to, to make. When we arrived to France, unfortunately, at this moment, uh, the, even in France, the medical doctor says there was like no, no, no hope on the medical side. So our only hope was, was God. And uh, so we put like everything in um, prayer and, uh, and fasting and doing like uh, prayer vigils. So, so really it was like uh, uh, everything hoping for a miracle. We have seen God doing amazing miracles. And while my sister was uh, at the hospital without like any hope, she's been praying for people and they were getting like their miracles. So I spent like three months day and night at the hospital with my sister. Um, it was like a palliative care unit until until the day she died. So she passed away three months later. And it was um, an intense journey because thanks God we have friends because the city she was was a city when, uh, where she had like friends were mostly, most of them were, were Christian. But uh, all our family was in French Guiana. So after like those three months, I was like really, really drained. So I lost a lot of weight. I think I lost more than uh, maybe around like 30 pounds. And uh, so I was like less than 90 pounds so when let, she passed away. So let, yeah. let me let me unpack that a little bit more because I just want to make sure that we, um, you know, all understand what, what what was happening. So number one, the only person out of your family because of the of the situation, she was pastoring a church with your brother-in-law in French Guyana, and he was working too. So he's got two kids, yeah. a job, and then a church that he was pastoring with your sister at the time. So very difficult for him to leave, very difficult for your yeah. mom to leave and, and travel. And so here you are running one of the largest divisions of HP internationally, and y- you feel like the calling you you feel like the calling like it's got to be me i'm i'm gonna go be with my sister so you took a leave of absence hp was 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 able to give you a leave of absence you go take a leave of absence and you go with her to france where she's undergoing treatment and the first thing the doctors tell you is that there's really no hope yet they don't know that your hope doesn't reside in what they say it resides in what god says and so you guys uh, proceed to pray, and I think one of the one of the greatest stories that you shared out of this is that often your sister was praying for others. Mm-hmm. She wasn't lamenting her own problem. I mean, I I understand she was praying for herself as well, and you were praying for her. But like it, it just it hit it struck me. One of the things that struck me about your story was the fact that she was praying over other people in the midst of her battling for her own life because of cancer and, and the cancer diagnosis. Is that correct? It's correct. My sister has a strong anointing of prayer. She has like a strong faith. So she never doubt that she would get a healing. And, uh, and whenever like there were like needs, uh, she was, she was praying for people at the hospital. Definitely. 
That's that's awesome. And so how did you like like you told me that you were literally with her day and night for three months and that's when you lost your weight too. I mean, like it, it, it just had to have been just the, the, one of the hardest things you've ever been through, just the emotional drain on a day-to-day basis. How did you sustain yourself at that time? Like, how did you get through that? So it was like really by the grace of God, because I think like for people who maybe have went through the same thing at this moment, you don't realize. So I was not realizing that I was like losing weight. Because at some point, we start seeing some improvement in my um, sister's health. But after, once again, everything starting to weigh down. So for this reason, I was like day and night at the hospital. Because, of course, uh, we have like a great uh, doctors and nurses, but they, can, they cannot be with the patient like day and night. And, for example, twice before like um, she passed away, she, she collapsed. And because I was there and because I was able to react like super fast and call and call the nurses and the doctor, she was saved. So so for this reason, I was like uh, day and night by her side to, to be there. And, and at some point, uh, she's starting like not being able like to move. And so so it, it was getting worse and worse. So for this reason, I, I needed So I don't know how I did it, like only by God's grace. Only by God's grace. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, there's times where you go through events like that and you look back on it and you have no idea how you got through. And the reality of it is, is you were carried. You you, you mm-hmm. were you were literally held and carried through it. You just didn't realize that yeah. at the time. Yeah. And, I don't uh, I don't have children yet, but I know like maybe moms could relate because I have like a super, super heavy sleep. Like you could like, there could, could be like a bomb close to me. And if I'm sleeping, I will not uh, wake up. Like, for example, Miami, it's like hurricane, right? Yeah. If I'm sleeping, I will never hurt, like even if it's a hurricane, like <laughs> three or four. But what was amazing, what I was with my sister, she was like opening her eye and I was awake. Like it was like something like super, super strange, wow. like the little, little movement. I, and I believe it is the same with a new mom when they have a baby, like like they know, but it yeah. was like really a really strange uh, experience because she was just opening her eyes and I was like awake and, and, and ready to see what, what, what she needed. Can you relate and, to that, Jen? But, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't have babies anymore, but yeah, you, you just know. It's like your intuition. You just know. It's like this There's knowing. There's just a knowing. Yeah. It's just like in mm, you. Yeah. It's just this knowing yeah. that some something's going on. But I, mean, I honestly, I still have it now where I just wake up and, you know, our oldest is 24 <laughs> and our youngest <laughs> is 14. I just know. I'm like, <laughs> she's got that. She's got that mom sense. I can't sleep through a bomb. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, obviously the story doesn't end the way that we would hope it would end. And your sister passes away. And I guess my question for you is, is being spiritual, being a faith-filled person, I've seen that affect people one of two ways. I've, I've seen it, you know, where people are angry and upset and mad and want to shun God and their spirituality and and then I've seen others it it like the only way that they made it through was because of that. I mean, did you have these feelings of like why her? Why did it have to end this way? Like, you know, just talk us through how you were processing the 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 loss of your sister. So it never crossed my mind to put like God responsible. Yes, there was like a lot of questions especially because she was like through uh, such 
strong woman of faith. She was like so young, right? 31 years old. There was like um, so many things ahead of her, like the kids, like two and six years old and all the prayer, like everything that we did, like the miracle we've seen through her for others at the hospital. So yes, there was like a question why and, and, and we believe and we've seen like God doing like miracles, like super, super crazy miracles. So the question of why, yes, but the question of being angry at God, no, I know like um, when she, she died, some friends were like close to us. At some point they were worried about me, what is going to happen with my face. And I told them, you know what, because until her last breath, she still believed on the miracle of the healing. And, and I believe that maybe a lot of people could understand what is that like going like through the process of, of cancer, because unfortunately this is like a plague now. And it's really, really painful. Like it's like your body is, is really like at the end, she was like just, um, just bone. So it's, it's super painful. And to see her going through the pain and never wavered on her face and being like steadfast, I told my friend, you know what, that if she was able to do it, like going through the disease, there is no reason why now I will give up on my face because uh, the miracle did not happen. No, this, so I, like my, for me, like God was my way out of all the pain. But yes, there was a question of why. But, yeah, um, I think there's but, always we we don't understand mm-hmm. God's plans. There's no there's no yeah. way to understand his plans. But I, I do think that we can get sneak peeks at it. And one of the things that just hit me like a ton of bricks was some of the stories that you shared of the miracles that you were able to witness with your sister that that probably in in all effect emboldened your faith. I mean, tell us a little bit about that story about the uh, you, you know I think it was two or three women that were struggling to get pregnant. Yes, so there was uh, three women. So one, she's been married for like seven years. The other one was 15. And the third one, I don't remember, I think it was maybe 10, 10 years. And um, and my sister prayed for, for them. And uh, and nine months later, we heard like those women were like, giving birth. So it was like something uh, kind of crazy. Like she was about to die, but she was used to break a curse of, Heredity upon those women and to bring life to the earth. Wow! So yes, we have like those three three testimonies. Can you can you believe yeah, that? Like that's she, a miracle itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean to, yes. to not be pregnant for five, ten, right. or fifteen years yes. or whatever, and to struggle in that mm-hmm. way, and then to have somebody, you know, your sister pray over them, and then the next thing you know, within less than a year, all three are pregnant. That's How, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I love yes. stories like that. Okay, so. Um, so at the point now, your your sister has passed, and I know that it really had an effect on you. And um, I, I think you asked for an extended leave, or you asked at the time for actually a demotion. So walk us through kind of how you processed, you know, the next six months or year after uh, your sister's passing. So what happened, so now like she, she passed away, but there is still like two kids, two and six years old. Mm-hmm. So I asked for an extension of my leave to stay like three more months so I could help my brother-in-law and my mom in the transition with my nephew and niece. 
and also for me like to be so to go back to French Guiana and also like to be like with family and to and to recover. So after those three months, I'm coming back. But even if I'm I'm better, uh, it's still like a lot of of emotion and and I'm still not like going where I was before. So I could not uh, really see myself. I was at this moment. I was, I didn't have like a a worldwide position. I have a position in Latin America, but it was like the largest business unit. And I didn't see myself going through all the stress and the pressure of, uh, of, of leading this business unit. So I did ask for a demotion and thanks God I got like the support. And uh, so I got the demotion. So it was an impact financially and, and everything. But for me at this moment, it was the best way to really keep working on the emotional healing, physical, and um, and 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 moving moving forward. So so yes, at this moment I think I didn't meet a lot of people who asked for emotion, but uh, but I, I I I asked for it, and and I and, it, and I think it was like the best the best decision. Well, I think I think the, one of the things that I connected with is that's something that I think not a lot of people would would think to do but i think it shows how conscientious number one you were how how much you cared for the company because you knew you were not going to be able to perform at your optimum but i also think it's 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 one of those stories where you know sometimes in life we need to take a step back and it's not it's not a negative it's not you know sometimes you just have to it's 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 just part of life and sometimes you need to take a step back to take two steps forward and I think that that's what it reminded me of with regard to your situation. Even though it was technically a demotion, you felt like based on what you already had on your plate, what you were dealing with emotionally, physically, your weight loss, you know, having to help out your family, et cetera, um, you know, you just didn't have the capacity and that wasn't fair to the company to try to stay there and, and, and work and, and try to eke out maybe uh, some extra dollars, but at the cost of, uh, you know, effectiveness or efficiency with the company and at the cost of your own health and, and maybe circumstances with the family, et cetera. Yeah, totally. And now I, I really am super grateful for my manager at the time because like slow the whole process. He was like uh, doing like a lot of following with me when my sister was at the hospital after when she passed and he gives me the support. I got like sometimes like company gets like a bad reputation, but on my side, I really got like a strong, strong support of the company and my manager to go like through all, all this journey. Yeah. And, and so what, what has happened since then? Because, you know, you took the demotion, you, you helped out the family. And, um, so give us the update on where you are and then where the family is after, you know, all of this has occurred. Good. So what happened, like in terms of my career in, uh, after the demotion, I think in around like five years later, I was again running this business unit. So (laughs) God gave me like two or three promotions. And I was back like four years later. So it was like really a total, total restoration. And, and what was amazing, like all those promotion, I didn't expect it. They just happened because of organization. It was like totally like God leading the journey. And, uh, and, uh, so I was, I was back four years later. And after two or three years, I asked, I, I quit because there was like a new change in the organization and they were asking me to move. So now I am um, a coach, I am a speaker, I have my own business. And it's been this year, it's been like 10 years since my sister passed away. So now my niece, uh, she's 16 and um, 
My nephew is, is 12. She's going to 17. He's going to 13 years old um, by the end of the year. And they're great by the grace of God. My brother-in-law got remarried uh, four years ago. And now he's about to get uh, a new baby with his new wife. And uh, But uh, we are a great uh, blended family. And also for his wedding, I was one of his uh, witnesses. And my mom was the one who brought him to the art club. So, so we could see like the restoration and healing in all, all our lives. Of course, there is, still, uh, there is still a kind of we miss her and I would love for her to be there. And uh, there is still like a journey for my nephew and niece to go like through, through some time, okay, their mom. And, but, but overall, like we could see like the hand of God healing, restoring and, and being with us. How did yeah. the rest of your family process, you know, what happened? You know, I, I sit here and I think about your mom. I mean, obviously she lost her, her daughter in that process. Was, was she an extremely faithful person? Has her faith been strengthened or held steady through this process? Yeah, so my mom is super, super strong. So my mom is the first one who really got the encounter with God. And after she's been praying for me and my sister, to, to to get our own own experience and uh, and it's too bad that my mom doesn't speak English because I think she will be great for your show mm-hmm. because she has like her own journey. My mom was an orphan and and she was poor. Like she has like a whole journey that is amazing. She's my hero and uh, and now like she lost a, a daughter, right? So it was really really tough. But you know what, like. She she didn't waver also in her face. Uh, she always said like she buried a, a daughter on Friday, and on Sunday she was at church. Yeah. And on Sunday she was at church. So she's been uh, she's been a pillar. She's been the one helping a lot. My brother in law is my nephew um, niece, right? So after like raising up two daughters and thank God we were doing well, she's starting all over again at sixty with a, a total of two years and another one and six. But, but also, like, God gave us a strength, and she's doing, she's doing well. Oh, by the that's, grace of God. That's, that's really good. I, I love that. And I think, uh, you know, one of the questions that I would have for you right now is, is, is just, you know, when we go through trials, when we go through significant setbacks, you know, often there's, there's something that comes out of it, something that, that we get. It's a, it's a nugget of gold. It's something that we get to carry with us for the rest of our lives. So what, what are the miracles that you think have come out of this trial of your life, the loss of your sister? Like, what, what are the good things that you've witnessed and seen as a result of that? I think for me, the faithfulness of, of God, like even if like in the darkest time when we were at the hospital and after going through all, all the process is really seeing like, um, God will be there. Like, you know, there is like all those, those, uh, those, uh, those scripture, like in the valley, in the mountain, in the fire, in the water, like, and, and it's true, like, um, God, God is faithful. And after night, there will be like daylight. And, and for me, this is it. And, and not also like, because sometimes yes, you have, you have doubt and you could ask why. And for me, what has been each time in all those moments when I'm attacked in my mind is really watching the cross 
and never doubt the love of God. Like, um, because, um, and for me, it's been like, even each time getting like a deeper, deeper revelation and um, the understanding of, of what happened at the cross. And I cannot, uh, I cannot doubt God's love, even in the midst of, um, of, of, of trouble and, and pain and, and losses. And, and know like God will carry, carry you through. And, and, and each of us, we have also a purpose. So for me, it's like my sister now is in a better place. And it was like super important for me, like to move forward because I have my own purpose and destiny to fulfill. Yeah, you have your own purpose, you have your own destiny, you have your own uh, walk to, to, to have and to live and to make. You know, I, I do agree with that 100%. And I do think you have to, you have to just kind of like we were talking about before when you said, you know, you've lived in a lot of places. And I, I mentioned that you got to look for the, for the good. You got to look for the things that you love. You've got to have that, that mindset. And I think when something happens like what you've been through, You've got to search for, you know, what did I get out of this? What what can I learn from this? How can I use this to propel me forward? You know, because, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. And uh, that's certainly the the thing I hear you saying. It's it strengthened your face, your faith. I think it strengthened your uh, resolve. I think it's, um, you know, when you go through something very difficult like that, that that was not easy. But if you go through it, you you feel like once you've been through it that you can handle uh, more than you could have prior to it, correct? Yeah, correct. And also, you know, like gratefulness, because at some point, um, so my sister, she passed away in February, but since January, her body totally shut down. That means that she cannot drink and she could not eat, like nothing. And and for me, it was amazing because I never thought that at some point, your body could be like so shut down, like, you cannot drink, you know what I mean? Like you cannot take, uh, and you're so weak, you cannot take a glass of water. And this is like things for us when we are healthy, we think like, no man, I'm, I'm going and I'm going to take a glass of water, I'm going to drink, you know? And little things, and there is at this moment, people who are at the hospital and they cannot do it. And and for me, this is also like to be like really grateful. That doesn't mean like some days I'm, I'm complaining like everybody and I'm mad and I'm upset. But when this happened, I remind myself, okay, you know what? Like, this is not worth it because there is like really big issue and there is people going through much more. So also like a big, big lesson about like being really, really grateful for like the little things because yes. the little things are big things. So do you think that what you went through with your sister and the challenges there, do you think that that has helped you deal with kind of the state of the world as it sits right now. I mean, we've got, we've got COVID, we've got lockdowns, we've got, you know, Black Lives Matter, we've got civil unrest, we've got, you know, change occurring. And, and it's, it's a very tumultuous uh, time for some, I think it's a very anxious time. And so has, do you think what you went through made you stronger and better equipped to deal with adversities like what we're dealing with right now than you would have otherwise? Yes, definitely. And I remember like at the beginning of the quarantine for a lot of people, it was like super, super heavy. I'm not going to say like it was like easy, but I didn't felt like as stressed as other people. And I was wondering, okay, I know. So I was talking to people and I said, so it's because of your faith. And I say, yes, I, I know you have my faith. 
my face or like who threatened me, but also realized, you know what, I spent like three months day and night in a hospital room. <laughs> so I already knew what was like quarantine. Yes. And now I'm, I'm quarantined at home. So it doesn't compare to be quarantined in a palliative care unit. So I realized that this experience really like gave, gave me like much stronger. And, and for me, okay, it's not bad like to be like quarantined in my own home and, and not seeing like doctors in hospital. And I know, especially at this moment, when a lot of people are in a hospital and batting for, for their life. And, but it was like people around me were healthy and, and, and super, super anxious. So definitely this has helped me a lot. And also uh, looking, I don't know if like in the podcast, there would be like photo when you're going to promote, but for people who don't see me because it's an interview, I'm a black woman. So uh, I'm French and a black woman. So like all the social unrest has been like super, super heavy also. But at the same time, it's like it's go back, go back to Christ, like go to the anchor. Let's look for wisdom and for way to come out. Because because it's not easy, like um, to to go and to see so so much pain and injustice. So yes, God and faith and experience has really helped me, like in those current those, those current times. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree with that more. And so here's one more question for you. I, you know, I can imagine that somebody listening could be going through something like you went through. Uh, they could have a loved one right now that's battling for their life because of, of COVID illness. They could have a loved one that's mm-hmm. battling for their life because of cancer or any of a, of a thousand other reasons. Or, or maybe they're just unnerved because of, you know, maybe their business is failing now because of the lockdown, etc. So I, I guess my question to you is, having been through what you've been through, what advice could you give? What would you want to say to somebody right now that feels fairly hopeless in their situation that they're dealing with? What would you say to that person? So first, like if this person does not know God or doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, I really invite this person to look and to be open, to listen and, and, and to go and and to really have this relationship, to have like this uh, this anchor for the soul and if the person is already a believer and and of course like the the faith is is really attacked in those in those periods is like to really go to the scripture to to surrender with uh worship and to really be anchor in the scripture and to a faith like even if like in my case yes my sister passed away but I know like a lot of people from COVID, from cancer, for like a um, big disease, like for men, it was impossible. And God's hand at the end manifests like the miracle. So to really have like this um, attitude of expectation and of hope. And if for some reason the result is not what they wanted to know, that after a night there is there is hope because each of person that is listening to this interview has a destiny, has a purpose, and um, and is on this earth for a reason. So even if like through loss, because maybe for some people it's not the loss of a loved one, but maybe they are losing their job because of the crisis, the economical crisis, and. Um, but even through loss, there, there is something ahead 
better for them. Yeah. I'm I, pretty convinced about it. I agree. I agree. I love that. Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, that I like to say that the valley prophesized the mountain. And what I mean by that yeah. is the deeper the valley, the the taller the mountain that comes out of it. And so if you're going through a trial, if you're going through adversity, if you're going through significant challenges, you know, I just, I look at a story like you're sharing, uh, and thank you so much, Cindy, for sharing that story, and and just realize that how important faith is to the hope component. I think if you have faith, then it's so much easier to have hope Mm -hmm. because you're believing in something that you can't see. And hope is in some parts that believing in something, you know, believing in the, in a better outcome, believing in a better tomorrow, believing in a, in a positive uplifting outcome, even though you may not know that right now, I think that's kind of like faith, you know, belief without knowing if we could all know for certain, then you wouldn't need faith. Right. Right. Yes. Totally. Agree. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for your time. I really, really appreciated your story. And, uh, I really, you know, want to thank you for your courage mm-hmm. and for your vulnerability to share what you've shared today. And it is a message of hope. It's a message of God and faith yes. and resurrection. And even if it doesn't work out the way that you in your mind think it should to trust that God has a plan and you, you still got to rise, you exactly. still got to move forward with your life. Right. Right. Yes. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for your story thank and for your time. You, and thank, thank you, Jen. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye. All right, Jen, what did you think about our interview with Cindy Montgenet? I, I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. I feel like I, you know. She it gave, sounds very pretty. I really <laughs> like when you say it. It makes uh, me smile. I like it when I say it, too. Yeah. Honestly, that one was a really, uh, it was tough for me, you know. I mean, it was sad, but it was hopeful. But, I mean, there was some great nuggets in there that yeah. I held on to. Like, um, I loved that her sister was never, ever, never, ever angry at God. Like, yeah, I love that. She stayed hopeful the whole time. She prayed the whole time. She believed in healing the whole time. You know, she never once was like, woe is me, poor me. I, I just, I love that spirit in people. I do too. And I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I, when I hear stories like that, sometimes I'll imagine like, how would I, have handled that. Yeah. And I want to think, and I imagine that I would have been, you know, like strong and firm in my faith, etc. Right. You know, but I can also be, as you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of a whiny baby. Yeah. Well, was me kind of person. Right. And so like to not let that creep in, to not let that take hold, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard to hang on to that faith. Yeah. Like, honestly, um, I think the natural reaction is to be like, why me? Why me? Where's God? Yeah. Where's God in this moment? Like, why is my sister dying? Like, where is God? Is there a God? Yeah. I think a lot of people go that route and they don't necessarily realize that the reason it's happening could be a blessing as well. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I, it's hard I, to see in those moments. I, I am with you on that. Well, I think the example that she had given about her sister praying for, you know, the fertility mm-hmm. and pregnancy of three other women that ended up getting pregnant after she was I gone. Know. I mean, that, that to me, total God moment. Right, right. To- total God in the midst, in the mix mm-hmm. of that moment. But, you know, I do, I do wrestle with that. Yeah. I do. And I guess the only thing that I, that I think of when I hear a story about somebody in their thirties passing away or even younger, mm-hmm. 
you know, as I, I believe in heaven and I know what's coming, I, I feel like that's like if you imagine the beauty, the grace, just what heaven's like, right. at least there's no more suffering. Right. You know, at least that person didn't have to go through Alzheimer's. At mm-hmm. least that person didn't have to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like there's, there's challenges throughout life. And, I, and I, I guess I just take comfort in the fact that they're in a better place. Yeah. You know? Well, I think the ultimate goal is making it to heaven. Yeah. Like that's, you know, like who knows what's going on up there. Yeah. But it looks like a party from what we've seen and heard. So yeah. I just felt bad for, for Cindy to sit there and, yeah. and to have to weather that emotionally, physically, the weight loss mm-hmm. she went through the three months, just the, you know, it's, it's the person that passes away. Um, you know, you know, they're in a better place, yeah. but the people that are left behind, those are the ones with, uh, you know, the challenges that, what that a, come. What a great sister to just yeah. step up and, you know, take care of it. I Like, uh, I love that she had somebody like that that would do that for her. I don't have a sister like that. So, yeah. you know, I was a little jealous about that. I was like, that's so great that you can just, you know, drop everything. Nothing matters except my sister. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was heroic mm-hmm. and that was very, very special. Yeah, it was. Tells you a little bit about the relationship that they had, that family relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if people want to hear more mm-hmm. of our Hope Radio podcast, how do they do so? They can tune us in on iHeartMedia. iHeartRadio. That. <laughs> <laughs> Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. SoundCloud. iTunes. Yes, iTunes. You Alexa. Podcasts. You Amazon. can play it right in your own house. Like, honestly, you could just be sitting on the couch and say, Play the Hope Radio podcast, and our latest episode will just pop up and no, start No, you got to say playing. Alexa. That's oh. what sparks it. Well, some people say renamed theirs, okay? To Not, Echo? No. Or, aren't there only two names? No, you can rename your Alexa to whatever you feel like. Mm. What if you didn't want a girl? What if you wanted a guy talking to you? What would our guy name be? Jarvis. Who? Jarvis. The heck is that? Well, it just feels like a hoity, Jarvis? yeah, like a hoity-toity butler name, Jarvis. Jarvis. Jarvis, I need you to rally the troops. I've never heard that name before. <laughs> Jarvis, uh, I'm going to call you Jarvis. No, why? That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. <laughs> That's not my name. All right, and uh, we want you to like us and follow us on instagram and facebook at hope radio podcast we're there waiting for you to follow us and message us especially if you have a story to share yes that that way to represent rep a reason why don't we do another show why don't should we do okay, this again let's, let's do, do another podcast tomorrow okay tomorrow i vote you vote uh, my vote is another one i 